Welcome to Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Stroll, and it is a great day today. I'm glad to have you in listening, whether you're listening live on Red Sea Radio, whether you're listening to the podcast. Uh, we're just sitting here, hanging out, recording in the Red Sea Radio studios, the national headquarters of Red Sea Radio. Uh, so whether you're listening, Bryan College Station, Waco, Palestine, I feel I hear everybody in Palestine's named Goliath or Goliatha. Um, it it, it uh, makes for some confusing uh, marriage ceremonies. But what's up, Palestine? It's nice to have you in. It's a great day for a couple of reasons. First, it's August. I can't believe it's August. So we have the second hottest month of the year out of the out of the window. And now we have the hottest month. So we only have one more month of very, very hot. And then we only have very hot. And I'm very excited. The second thing that I'm really happy about is uh, so some people are, you know, some people who are like Catholic and have radio shows or speakers are like, you know, fake humble. So uh, let me let me rephrase it. Some of them are actually humble. Most of them are fake humble. And they're like, oh, I don't care about how many followers I have on Instagram. I don't care if people like me. And then those same people check their Instagram and, and Twitter every 10 seconds. So I'm not going to lie. It's nice to get some love on social media. And uh, what I really want is for the things that I post about faith, about Catholicism, like the uplifting things or things about the show so more people can hear the show, all those kinds of things. That's what I really want people to, uh, to see. And, you know, I think before last week, the most likes I'd ever gotten on Twitter was like, 15 or 20, right? Somewhere around there. And then I'm like, yes, I'm famous now. But uh, last week, I tweeted about something that has absolutely nothing to do with the faith. I tweeted about chicken. So here's the deal. Somebody tweeted uh, 400 calories of each, and it's this picture of a stomach with oil. It shows you 400 calories of oil. It's like a little bit of oil. 400 calories of chicken, and 400 calories of veggies. And there's like, okay, you can eat more veggies and fill up your stomach. That was the point of it. But the thing is that the chicken, it's full like chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A. Like the person didn't chew at all to get these pieces of chicken into their stomach. So I replied saying, why is this person swallowing chicken whole? That's the first issue to address. That tweet got 1,228 likes. <laughs> And 85 retweets. And I'm just like, what the heck? I don't understand Twitter. I don't understand how some people are super popular on there because I follow them like, y'all are boring. And then, you know, I tend to like myself and then I get like two likes. I'm like, well, dang it. <laughs> this is sad. So apparently I need to tweet about chicken more often. So that was a lot of fun. The third reason I'm very excited for today is I have dragged, I mean invited, one of my friends onto the show. Uh, Mr. Joseph Mastrangelo. That's how you say it, right? That's me. That's, That's you. Me. All right. So tell us your story, Joseph. Who are you? Why did I bring you on here? Convince me, because I'm still not convinced that you should be on the show. Well, I don't know why you brought me on here. I just know that I said yes. And um, I'm a youth minister in Sugarland, Tex Texas. It's a suburb of Houston, um, Southwest Houston. It is. Um, yeah. It's. I'm just. A, I'm just a regular youth minister. That's, I mean, we do, we do some things a little different down in uh, Sugarland uh, at our parish, uh, St. Teresa's. Shout out to you. And we are um, just really, like, we're trying a lot of different things that are new, I think, in ministry that some other places are don't know a whole lot about or they get so caught up in doing things the way they've always been done, whether it's CCE or Sunday nights or just everything that's like, it's, if we do X, and why we get Z, and that's not always the case. So we're just kind of doing things different. So I, I, I'm assuming that's why you have me on the show. Yeah, that that is. We're friends. That's the I real am. reason. You could you could have said that. And I'm but free. Yeah, you're free. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, to never mind. I'm not gonna. Well, let's not go, go there. Yeah, let's not like, go there. I didn't expect it to come out that way. <laughs> so or I don't. I guess I didn't expect you to take it that way. <laughs> you should know me better than that by now. <laughs> Probably should. So. uh First of all, the main reason that you said yes makes you sound very holy because you said yes, not fully understanding what you're getting into, which is very much like the Blessed Mother. She, she's like, you're going to, the, the angel's like, you're going to have God's baby. And she's like, what? You, no, it's going to happen. 
okay. <laughs> and then and she it, held all these things in her heart. So apparently you're going to hold all the reasons why you came into the show in your heart for your rest of eternity. And maybe that was a, like a blessing because if I, like one of the things I was thinking about just before coming on here, um, we went to mass and that was awesome. But after we, like we're sitting there and we get to Eucharist and it's, I realized I haven't stressed out at all about this. And I stress out getting in front of the teens that I see every single like week or every every time I in front of two hundred t- kids I get stressed out. I didn't freak out. I wasn't stressing. I wasn't anxious at all about getting on the show. So maybe that's just because just accepting and just doing is a lot better than really thinking about doing it. Yeah. So so two things. So don't think. Don't think. That's that's actually my life motto. Uh, so first of all, teenagers are a scary group of people. Uh, they, they, I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> I don't agree, but I hear that. Uh, I, no, I'm kidding. I work in youth ministry. I like teenagers as well. Most of them. There are some of them that are turds, but um, no, it, none of none of the ones of the people who of the people who listen to the show. All their kids are angels. They're angels. They're yeah. God, yes. God has blessed them with perfect children. He definitely praise God. <laughs> perfect children. Um, maybe maybe you're gonna have perfect children like Mary. Mary's the only person that had perfect a perfect child. Yeah. I, I guess in her parents. I think that's what uh, I mean. It's also just one, so maybe it's a little easier yeah. to parent one child. <laughs> and when it's a son of man and son of God, it's a little, it makes that even easier. So yeah, that would be. That, I, I, I wish my kids didn't sin. I'm, I think about that. It's like Joseph. Yeah, he had. A, it must have been stressful to be like, like the foster father of Jesus. But like, he never had it. He probably never had to discipline him. Like, what do you discipline? Well, Mary did. Like when he went off, like when he was thirteen, and they went to the temple and. And they were going back. They're leaving Jerusalem, and Mary's like, "Like, why didn't you come with us?" And then even that failed because it's like, "Where else do you expect me to be, Mary, <laughs> Mom? Come on, Mom. You Mom. know me better than that, Mom. You know I'm the Son of God. I have to teach these Pharisees <laughs> like all like the truth." Yeah, and then he fought those Pharisees from that day <laughs> forward. So, uh, yeah, the main reason I brought you on, not only because you're a friend of mine, but because y- y'all are doing some really interesting things in youth ministry. And I wanted to bring you on to talk about that. You kind of already alluded to one of them, that people are often in ministry or in the church afraid of, of change. And y'all are doing some things. Um, you're using the same content of the faith, but using some different methods. So those are the main things I want to talk to you about uh, here in this first segment. So first of all, let's let's get into that thing about change because I, I y'all do these things. Why don't you explain the Super Saturdays first, and we'll talk about that. Right, what so, is a Super Saturday model for youth ministry? A Super Saturday is a really cool name for basically um, an all-day conference slash retreat that takes place of the regular faith formation for the high school students at our parish. And so regular high school faith formation, um, it used to, when I was growing up, probably when you were growing up, Taylor was uh, CC. You go to a classroom Sundays, and you like either you had a book or maybe the catechism. And you just um, you had a teacher like it was like an extra day of class on Sundays where you just learned about God in the church. Um, probably about was about twenty five years ago. Like Life Teen came on the scene, and there's a lot of realization that that wasn't working anymore. So they were like, let's engage the teens differently. So they instead of having classrooms, they got out of the classrooms. They got in a big gather room, and it did all this. We're um, and I'm I don't want I don't want to take all the credit. I'm not the first one to come up with this idea. Instead of doing, um, it's, ev- it's like Chick Fil A. You didn't invent the chicken sam the chicken just the chicken sandwich. Just you perfected chi- it. I, no, we still have a <laughs> ways to go with that. God's still working on us. But we take all of like instead of doing all every week Sunday, we do um, four all day Saturday conferences. Um, a good friend of mine, Matt Reggett's, a uh, speaker and youth minister in Houston, he really started and paved the way at his parish in Houston. And we, I kind of adapted it for our parish. Basically, there's many reasons why we can do it. But number one reason is if our goal is to build disciples and make disciples out of these high school teens, we, I asked myself, like, how did I become a disciple? And I started asking people around me, how did you initially become a disciple? Was it at a life night? Was it on a CCE class? What, what was that initial catalyst that started that? And... I got, I think it was top four or five answers. It was um, in the, like with the Eucharist, in front of the Eucharist, in front of the Blessed Sacrament, um, in front of like in a any sacraments, whether it was um, confession, well, the confession was a big one, um, community, a sense of community, and then last but not least was a retreat or conference experience. 
it was one of those things. Not a single response came back to me saying it was a CCE class or it was Life Team Night or Life Night that changed them. Now, all those things could have aided them and helped them along the way, but the initial catalyst didn't happen at that. So I thought to myself, why are we spinning our wheels if so many of the teens are we're waiting for them to get a retreat experience so they have that conversion and that change toward discipleship? Why are we spinning our wheels every single week? Why don't we give them that experience as faith formation, and that will propel them to further their uh, life and journey with Christ? Yeah, and that's so good because we were talking earlier. We've been hanging out most of the day. It's been a lot of fun. But um, in most of the youth ministry documents, the things that say, like, this is how youth ministry should be done, it's all the the content and the and and uh, it has like suggested ways to do that. But there, none of these documents say this is the method. This is how it actually has to look, and that way you can you can tailor things to a community. So, so some, you know, like most of the youth groups around here meet on Sunday nights. Most youth groups in the in the nation do that, and then you and some of these other guys in Houston are doing something different in response to some of these questions that you've yeah. been asking. Of like, okay, this what we've been doing isn't working, so let's try something else. So, um, first of all. What have you seen in that that has been working? And then second of all, what has been like the resistance to change or some of the things that that maybe aren't uh, perfect in this model? Okay. Um, the greatest, like the thing that, like what's the fruit, the fruit of this is the teens becoming disciples. And the only way to judge that is over time. So like, we just finished our first year. However, I expected we'll change to kind of take three years to take place. I expected, this is a three-year plan for me. I expected... By the third year, I would see like real change in the youth of the parish. Sur- surprisingly enough, this first year, we've seen our Wednesday night programming, which is a general like, what everyone considers like the youth group night, go from basically nobody showing up to having 30 to 50 kids every single Wednesday night. And simply from changing from a Sunday night thing where they're being forced to come every Sunday night to changing it to this super Saturday model. They no longer feel like the obligation to come something, but they feel a drive an inner drive to come. And that's because of the community that they initially get on this all day. Like you've been on a retreat, you've been at a conference, you realize that by the end of the conference, there's community that built that's built in that. The same thing with these Super Saturdays. By the end of the Super Saturday, they've built a community. They meet new people. They end up try and they end up desiring to meet with these people again. So it feeds so well into our regular youth group fellowship nights. And so that's, I mean, that's an initial fruit that I've seen. And what? Because you know, the the Catholic Church is has so many things. Like its its content, its teachings don't change. I mean, it hadn't changed in 2000 years, but there's often this, um, within church leadership, this resistance to changing things. Has there been any resistance from your parish community, from people on this change from going to every Sunday night to, you know, once every, every month or so? The initial resistance came from a lot of people, um, more about the thought that if you don't make them come on Sunday nights, they're not going to come to mass. And my thought is they're not going to mass anyways. Families aren't making them go to Mass. If they're not going to go to Mass anyways, and us saying that them coming on Sunday nights or for faith formation, at least they're like somewhere close in proximity on a regular basis, that's not building disciples. That's not changing their lives. Um, You have to get them desiring to go to Mass and not just forcing them to go to Mass. So that was one initial, like, and it was totally a speculative thing. It wasn't like, oh, we know that this won't work because we've done it before. It was... Well, they have to come on a regular Sunday because otherwise they won't come to anything else. Um, and I saw exactly the opposite. Once you stop forcing them to come on Sundays, they start to desire to come on other times. The other thing I like, the positive thing that I wanted to express with families as well is I wanted to give them Sundays back. I want Sundays to be back for the families. I, the kids, the, like, they're, they're already postponing their studying and like getting ready for Monday till Sunday night, anyways. And then if they're we're adding them one more thing for the tack on their list on the, the end of the weekend for them for their for them and their family and their kids, like let's give it back to the families. Let's make this a family day of rest and not just another day. Let's rush through everything, get everything done. 
Yeah, and in, in the last couple of minutes we have in, in this segment, I want to dive into to, to some family things. But I think the two biggest things that stand out for me in this model, because like, like I said earlier, it's like I've seen other models that produce disciples, right? We're not saying that this is the only model that works. By far, no. But, yeah. but I love the, the, um, the courage to change. Because I think so often we get stuck in, like you were saying, oh, we've, been, we've always done it like this, so we're going to keep it like this. Um, and I, we were talking earlier that there's some resistance to it. it's like, oh, if we change something, that means anything anybody in the past has ever done was wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, like we're always no. adapting. We're always trying to change. So in our last two minutes or so, I want you to dive into families because I got in your car today and we, there was a ton of water bottles. So why don't you explain what the water bottles are for? So um, this last weekend was our Archdiocese Youth Conference. So I'm going to jump right into it. But at the closing mass, um, God always speaks to me in the, these times. And God spoke to me in a way talking about, I've been struggling, like, how do we get the families back to church? How do we get them? Because we can change a teen's life, but what happens when you go back into the family? So I have this idea, this visual of water and going back to the water, the living well. Jesus says that, the, that he's the living well, living water, and go back. We need to um, go back and bring the families to the living well, to Jesus. Because what happens is we're all like these water bottles that are perforated, and they're like we all are meant to hold stuff. But if we're holding what the world has to offer, we're holding dirt and mud and messing it up. Once we go back to the living water, we can receive fresh, clean water. And if we go to the sacraments, go to reconciliation, we can dump out all the sludge, all the junk, and then we can get filled up with Christ. So let's say I get a teen from parents, and their family doesn't go to Mass every week, and maybe they go once a month and all this. But as a family unit, they're like a big old bucket that's full of mud and dirt because they're not going to the sacraments, not going back to Christ, not going to the um, see Jesus in the Eucharist. And so their bucket is full of mud and everything, and they're not getting refreshed and cleaned. They, let's say I, parents give me their kid, give me their child to receive a sacrament confirmation, and they I have this bottle full of mud, full of dirt, full of crud. Let's say at a retreat experience, they they're converted. They change. They go back to, they go to confession. They're cleaned out and we fill it up with fresh water, living water. And with that same water bottle goes back in that family bucket of mud and sludge. What's inevitably going to happen? It's going to become muddy and dirty again, just because it's needs to be surrounded by clean, fresh water. And that's what's needed with the family. Yeah. I think that's, it's so, it's such a good challenge for us. And I think about that even with my own family, um, of the the realization of families like okay this is our true calling as a family to get each other to heaven um, so if you haven't been in a while this is just our challenge I don't do this often get to confession and, and uh, pray together as a family we will be right back with Joseph Mastrangelo so I can play a game and beat him at it for our second segment of Forte Catholic for the day right here on Red Sea Radio. I have my guest co-host Joseph Mastrangelo here today, the master of angels. That's what that name means. I don't know if he's a master of angels in the good way or more like, you know, the prince of angels, like the fallen angel, uh, Satan. But uh, we'll find out. I'll let you decide. Maybe that'll be my next Twitter poll. Um, but we also have a ver- another very uh, special treat today. We have, he brought along his, uh, the, so Joseph's the high school youth minister at his parish, and Tanya is the junior high youth, youth minister at her parish. I met her two weeks ago in Ohio, because that makes sense, at a youth ministry training conference. Um, and I learned while I was there that, Tanya, you've actually been in this studio before. Why don't you tell that story? I sure have. Um, it is good to be back here in the studio. Back when I was in college, I had a show called The Tin and Tan Show. It was great. It was lovely. Yeah, so so you had your own show right here before I even was born. Exactly. <laughs> before you were born, I definitely um, had a show. Because uh, well, that makes more sen- a lot of sense. Cool. So when I found out that Tanya, I knew she was coming, but when I found out she had her own show, I was like, okay, she must have some kind of talent at this. <laughs> so I invited you to come and, and put a game to pit youth minister versus youth minister. So me versus Joseph. That's me. It's, it's a chance for me to 
win and beat him. It's also you say a, that like you never win anything. It's a chance for me to win at something uh, alive. No, it, it, it's it's funny because I win at literally everything I do. <laughs> but in saying that, in saying that, this is also a chance for me to look really stupid on my show. So, Tanya, why don't you uh, or Tan? I should call Tan. you f- since you're on the radio. Right, uh, your uh, your stage name. My stage name is Tan. <laughs> also, uh, something with multiple meetings. But um, <laughs> why don't you explain the game to us, and then we'll get it started. Sure. Um, so this game is called Things Every Youth Minister Should Know, uh, both in the uh, religious aspect and the pop culture aspect. Because since we minister to teens, we should know these things. These are things that we. Should all know. As nothing with Kim Kardashian, I hope. No, nothing with Kim Kardashian. Only Chloe. <laughs> or Kylie. I, Jenner, actually. That's not, I mean, whatever. We Anyways. Can't, we can't, we're uh, contractually obliged not to be a talk about her on the radio, <laughs> her, him thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so we have, uh, the way that this will work is I'll ask a, a question, a catechetical question or catechesis question to Joseph, and then if he doesn't get it, Taylor when will, he doesn't get it right, I'll have a chance yeah. to answer. Taylor, Taylor will get to answer it, and we'll go. We'll switch from catechetical questions to pop culture questions. You realize I was in seminary for three and a half years, so if I get Ooh. any of these catechetical questions well, then, wrong, then you quit. So that awesome. has to be like, <laughs> as well. <laughs> okay, so are we ready? Ready, set, go. Go. All right. This question is for Joseph. Joseph, what are the three sacraments of initiation? <laughs> softball one i love it baptism eucharist and confirmation and the order is could be is could be could be changed with confirmation right. and eucharist correct that is correct all right one point for you one point for you um taylor i've never been nervous on my show before i am now <laughs> taylor what is the word that describes the transformation from bread to the body of christ transubstantiation that is correct. I am so smart. That is very correct. All right, pop culture. Oh, no. Joseph, name the viral challenge that featured the song Black Beatles where people froze in odd positions. This was a, a social media challenge. This was a social media challenge that is called, oh, my gosh. We did it. I know. I did it, too. Oh, I can't remember the name. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um... I remember doing it. It's, I don't even remember. Three, two, oh, one. All right, Taylor, what is the name of this challenge? I'm just going to say the freeze challenge. Dang. Ooh, wrong. It is called the mannequin challenge. Oh, dang yeah. it. Producer, dang it. Producer. That's so terrible because we went to a coffee shop today. We The mannequins were talking to each other. Oh, yeah. The mannequin yes, challenge. We, we mannequin did it. Um, dang it. I right. was thinking freeze tag. Um, so you get it. your second. Now, now I now I get a pop culture question, now and I get, get the if he misses it, I get to try to. Yeah, that's correct. Right. Okay, you okay. understand the game well. You're so smart. <laughs> Woo! All right, Taylor. That's my name. Who won the NBA Finals this year? The Golden State Warriors. That is correct. Very sadly. So that means you're ahead by one. Two to one. I'm keeping score. I am right. trustworthy. that's actually not what my twitter followers said they said i wasn't (laughs) (laughs) all right uh joseph this question should be right up your alley um it's a bowling question (laughs) 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 oh my gosh strike wow Um, spare me anymore mm, who is the get your head out of gutter of coffee patron state of coffee Mm -hmm. oh my gosh Um, (laughs) it is not kafifi um, As a lover of coffee, 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 coffee. I do love coffee. And that's our last. That's literally our next segment. Yeah, so I'm, you better know this. I don't know this, or you don't get to come back. There's to a the patron next saint of coffee. I want to say Saint Francis, but it's probably not. That is incorrect. You don't know this. Uh, saint Java. <laughs> <laughs> Good try, but no. Um, it is Saint Drago, patron of coffee. Yep. That was not anywhere in my like, nope. file of my brain. Nowhere. Okay. <laughs> you did not prepare for our last segment. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally about coffee on a Catholic's radio show. You should know the patron saint of coffee. <laughs> probably should. Okay. Taylor. Yes. What is the phrase that refers to Jesus being a fully human and fully God? Not phrase. It's, you know, it's two words. 
I know this. Oh my gosh. There's a song about it and I can't remember it. It is a hypostatic. Oh, union. You, you didn't to give me. You didn't give me a chance to steal. Oh, sorry. You didn't know it though. I was. I was thinking of <laughs> you, you Eastern. The, you did the same thing I did. You were like, oh. I know it's like the two um, natures of one. I was trying to remember it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I was mad at myself because I listened to a band in in college that was called the Hyperstatic Union, mm. kind of playing off of that, yeah. and I couldn't remember it. Yeah. Oh, that is so sad. Sorry, Joseph. You didn't get a chance to steal. That's you didn't okay. know, but you didn't know it, so it's fine. I could. It could have come to me. Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> no love in this pop, studio. pop culture. Um, now. So, Joseph, uh, describe me. the word or define define the word "fam" and successfully use it in a sentence. Fam. Fam. Oh my god! I know this isn't right, but "fam" is short for your family. And hey, guys, I got to go to dinner with my fam. So I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say no because in the teen. Oh, oh, wait, he has to. I sorry. To, I get a chance. You get a chance. Sorry. Okay. So I, I think you're almost correct, but it's it's more like you would say it to a friend who you're calling part of your family. It's be like, what's up, fam? Like that. <laughs> correct. I was, I mean, that's okay. No, I'm sorry. Close, but no significance. I love that Tanya's doing this game because she works with you, so she would totally tailor this to me. She, <laughs> no pun intended. Tailor no, ter- totally pun intended. Okay. Taylor. Yes. A similar question. Define the word goat and use it successfully in a sentence. The greatest of all time, LeBron James is the goat. There you go. It's like the one thing and I know in pop culture. <laughs> so I think that's four to four to one. one. So I only got one? Yeah. Yep. Oh, you're right. terrible. <laughs> you're going to get fired because of this. Joseph, <laughs> this is a catechetical question. What are the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit? Oh my gosh! You know, as a conference, as youth minister, I, I know the fruits. I know, I know, I know, <laughs> is a song? That, is that because one of the questions? Yeah, the fruits. A song. Love, uh, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gifts, faithfulness, gifts. gentleness. I know, I know. He's, I, yeah. he's, he's just going. He's taking control yeah. yep. because it's his show. Uh, gifts: um, wisdom, courage, fortitude, um, understanding, right judgment, and did I say counsel? No. Counsel and one more. Um, uh, fortitude, judgment, what? Uh, oh my, which one am I missing? I said Cardinal uh, Donardo would be mad at you. He wouldn't let you get confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> he always only asks for one. He never like what? says expects anybody. Well, he tries. Um, which one did I miss? Wonder and all. Yes, that is correct. You get. Oh, that should be like an extra point. That was seven. Of course, you're going to give him a fruits of his spirit, and he's just going to sing the stupid song. Of joy, nope. peace, patience, nope. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, nope. gentleness, and self-control. Nope. Nope. Taylor, <laughs> name the five precepts of the Catholic Church. You see, I learned this in school once. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually really big about making sure our teens know this. Yep, we are. The five precepts of the church. Uh, you're no. gonna go you're gonna go kick yourself. Go ahead, Joseph. Um, go to church. Go to mass every Sunday and every holy day of obligation. Um, receive the uh, Eucharist at least once um, yearly within the season of Lent. Uh, go to reconciliation at least once a year. Um, oh my God. Um, uh, tithe or provide for the goodness of the church. And the fifth one is oh my gosh, tithe. Um, Five dollar foot long. Um, I'm. Oh, don't. Yeah, I have to get at least partial credit for this. This is you, like you will get a point. Um, so the other one is. Um, you said fasting, right? Oh, I I forgot the fasting yeah. one. I skipped so over fasting. that one. Fasting. We all know which one you're not good at. <laughs> fasting and abstaining <laughs> on the days uh, co- um, pointed by the church. I'll give you a point. So now it's uh four, four to, to three. three. Yep. Um. Okay. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. We need sorry. we need to do uh, just one ding. <laughs> <laughs> Not ding, only one. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. That's what it gets. Joseph. Yes. Um, pop culture. Yeah. Name the hit show on NBC that revolves around the lives of four siblings. It is a brand new show. It is 
one of my favorite shows. <gasps> it revolves <gasps> around four siblings. Yes, oh, man, it's the one that makes people cry, and I can't remember. Uh huh. Exactly. Um, on NBC. On NBC. Oh, I know this one. This is um, oh, uh, it's it's not four. It's three siblings. It's it's four siblings. Is this the one? I was I'm thinking of the one where they adopted the boy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what's that show called? That's only three siblings. Three seconds. Three Just siblings. say the name of it. Oh, siblings. no. That's triplets. It's, it's triplets. Yeah. yeah you oh, said four siblings. S- you three said, siblings. Oh, my gosh. All right. It's um, um, it's it's right Four. there. We watched it. Three, two, one. <sighs> this is us. That is It's correct. so funny because in your answer, you were like, I know it. I know it. I know it. This, this is, is us. And then you- <laughs> <laughs> so close. That's so funny. Um, that show is so good, by the way. It is fantastic. I show. don't watch it because I don't like crying. Because <laughs> he thinks that's manly if he doesn't cry. I'm very manly. Okay. Um, Taylor, what is the name of the movie that starred Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver about two Jesuit priests who go and look for their mentor in Jap- Japan? Uh, silence. Correcto mundo. I'm so smart. Correct. I'm going to win this game and people are still going to yell at me for not knowing the hypostatic union. <laughs> <laughs> or the five precepts of the church. And that one, no right. one cares. <laughs> it's kind of like the like what we need, the bare minimum of what we're supposed to do as Catholics. Yeah. Okay. Joseph, yes. catechetical. Or just That's Catholic. what we're all about here on Forte Catholic. The bare minimum you need to be a Catholic. Name the four mysteries of the rosary. Literally the opposite. The four... Like the different, the four different kinds of. Yeah. Okay, we got joyful, sorrowful, glorious, and luminous. Got him. Also, do you notice I count like a German? Um, loudly. Sure. No, with your thumb as one, and then two, three, four. I didn't know that's how Germans counted, but cool. Also, no one on the radio can see your hands. <laughs> yep. <But I'm>, yep. <laughs> that's um, why I said when you count with your thumb first. So, Taylor, what are the liturgical colors that the catholic has all of them all of them well the main ones purple for lent red for martyrs and pentecost mm-hmm. um pink and? pink twice a year <laughs> green for ordinary time or rose if you want to be it's totally pink shut up uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh i think that's it that's that's the main ones yeah yeah you forgot white and black, and red's also for confirmation. <laughs> I already got my point. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm the class bound noser over here. It, it's, it's my show and Tanya's game, so you Pop, have no yeah, say. Yeah, this is, this is my game. <laughs> Pop culture. Joseph, what is the name of the movie that starred Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling about two struggling artists in L.A.? It may or may not have won an award. Oh, wait. Is that the one that's like the musical as well? Yes. La La Land? Correct. Were, were they together in The Notebook too? Mm, no. Th- that no. was, yeah, Rachel McAdams. Okay. Cool. So it is seven to five, it looks like, right? Yep. And we have two minutes left, so I'm going to stall. Two minutes left. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, all right. It's the your, is... your turn for a pop culture one. Taylor, um, what is the name of Jay Z's new album? Four Forty Four. Correct. I had no idea. Uh, mad props to my friend Alex Gote for cluing me in on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Catechetical. What's up, fam? What's up, fam? <laughs> fam. What's up, fam? What are the cardinal virtues? Um, faith, Fla- hope, and love. Flying, feeding their chicks. <laughs> <laughs> faith, hope, and love. Those are there's there's seven. Oh, oh, those are faith, hope, and love are the wait. theological. All right, faith, hope, and love. Um, there's four cardinal virtues. Faith, hope, love. The longer you take, the less chance you have to win. I know. I, why can't I think of the fourth one? Faith, hope, love. Because those are the, the theological virtues. The right, but the four cardinal that virtues. That wasn't the question, though. That's the whole. <laughs> 
<laughs> sigh in the microphone. Just I'm gonna turn my keys in tomorrow. What color is the sky? <laughs> well, turtles are green. <laughs> is it? That's... Now he only has to think of one. I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't know. So no one gets a point. What was the fourth one? Well, the four cardinal virtues are prudence, temperance, fortitude, and justice. Ah, uh, oh. yeah, the, yeah. You answered theological. Yeah, I, I knew know. those. I was wrong. Uh, Faith, hope, and love. Okay, this this question. Last question, and I already win. He wins. Yeah. Cool. Um, when when is the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe? December. You're married to a Mexican. 6th. You better get this right. Nope. December twelfth. Correct. All right, you uh, got a point that means nothing because I win seven to six, eight to six, eight to six, eight to six. Eight to six. I won by two. I am superior. You are fired from your parish. <laughs> but we're My gonna come back and keep talking about coffee and see if you actually if you actually if you actually know anything about coffee. This is Forte Catholic with your host Taylor Schroll, guest co-host for the day, Joseph Mastrangelo. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. If you're just joining us, I just have to let you know that we just played a game and I won. I'm a child. Congratulations. <laughs> you're you're so humble and sad all at the same time. <laughs> uh, Joseph was like, you're going to win this game because there are questions about pop culture. I was like, I know. That's why I asked you to add pop culture questions. So, so anyway, so um, you're the guest co-host for the day. Um, we I, I decided that we were going to play a game. We decided together on what we were going to talk about in the first segment. And then, for some odd reason, I trusted you. And I said, the last segment, you can decide what it was. And, and I, I, I instantly regretted that because you came back and said, you want to talk about? Coffee. Coffee. Okay. Well, here's the thing. You you sent me a text message like, and yeah, I picked for the third topic, anything you're passionate about. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm passionate about coffee. I love coffee. I've always been drinking coffee since I was probably like eight years old. So, and if you you don't know me, I'm six foot two in, um, inches, so I'm tall. So coffee does not necessarily stunt your growth. Otherwise, I would have been seven feet tall, which is probably better <laughs> than not seven feet tall. So if you were uh, born to be six foot and you drink coffee, you're going to be five two. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first on Forte Catholic. And then, and then we talked about the fact that you're like, well, let's. How does coffee relate to ministry? I'm like, actually, I've thought about it a lot. So, one thing I love coffee. I drink coffee every day. I love coffee so much. I roast my own coffee beans. Um, so you know, like you buy coffee beans or like dark roasted or medium roasted. I do that at home with my own coffee. My wife thought I was super extra when I was um, when. She, she first met See, me. See, now you're trying to like make up for it and like join pop culture by using words like extra. You have gray hair. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> the question, the one, the one that I can't do is bougie. Like he's so bougie for roasting his own coffee. <laughs> yeah. There are but, people listening. Like, can he say that on Catholic radio? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> but it's um, a theological term. Look it up in your catechism. <laughs> <laughs> we. So I love I I'm very passionate about coffee and one of the things I worked at two I worked at a local coffee shop in my hometown growing up in Tomball Texas, um it's now closed may it rest in peace right after you worked there they were like we can't be an establishment anymore he ruined us they um and then a short period of time I worked at Starbucks as well and coffee has like for me has always represented this uh, a drink that brings people together. If you don't know, like in Northern Africa, the mother of a house will still roast the coffee like in like it's a family gathering point. She'll be roasting the coffee and then she'll grind it and then she'll brew it all like in one sitting when everyone in the house, like community, they have guests. This is a gathering point, a community uh, point coming together. So for coffee has always represented like this. I any new city I would go to, I would try to find the best local coffee shop. I And there's always you meet people and they're willing to talk to you with coffee um, over a cup of coffee. So 
I think about coffee a lot when I think about ministry. I think about what brings people together. Like, what's the purpose of us as a church, as a Catholics, as Christians? Is our like we're supposed to bring people together? Jesus's final prayer on this earth in the Gospel of John is, um, "I pray that they may be one as you and I are one." And the only way we can do that is if we like start conversations and start meeting um, and communicating and being together. So that's. That's always been a big part of like one of the things I think about with coffee. Yeah, and it's so funny because we were talking about this at a coffee shop earlier, drinking coffee. It's like, okay, like, dude, we have to talk about this. Like, what are you going to talk about coffee? And I can totally tell that you're passionate about it, and you're talking about evangelization, ministry, these types of things. People have to be passionate about it. And like for your love of coffee, you want other people to know about it, know, yeah. know about it like no no things about it like know what you know african women do for some reason you know like you're excited about it and you and you want to you want to share about it and just like people in church that get excited about it often share crap that doesn't matter or doesn't matter as much like you know what people in northern africa are doing but when people are passionate about it passionate about anything they like when they share about it like people are drawn into that passion and that goes with ministry as well like when when we get in front of a group of teens or like you have these great speakers that get in front of a group of people, the the best ones are the ones that are just impassioned and they they draw people in with that passion. Um, you think about St. Peter, like like after the Pentecost, he preaches to all these people and what was it two thousand came into the church that day? Like they're like they must it's the passion that the Holy Spirit gives us in ministry, but we need to look at what gives us passion in our own lives and have that help us fuel us in our conversations. Um, I think it's like coffee also, like we talk about evangelization, we talk about community in the church, but we always wonder, I always wonder like, do we recognize that this means evangelization a lot of times, like first step is hospitality. We have to welcome people. We have to give them hospitality. And I think coffee serves as a great point to do that. And I don't mean like the Folgers coffee can and donuts, like bringing people in. People go to Starbucks, people go to local uh, coffee shops because they appreciate that atmosphere, they appreciate the better quality um, products they do. And something that I learned with uh, Starbucks when I worked at Starbucks is uh, right around the time that Charles Schultz wrote his second book. Don't ask me to name the Who's title. Charles Schultz? Oh, Charles Schultz is the founder, CEO, well, former CEO, he just stepped down, but founder of Starbucks. He had this idea. He went to Italy. He had this great, amaz- amazing coffee experiences and all around Italy. And he's like, this needs to happen in the United States. And he created Starbucks in Seattle. Um, you can Google a lot more about that and learn more about that if you're interested. But in his book, the second book, he talked about his desire to make Starbucks everyone's third place. Our homes are our first place. Our work and our schools are our second place. And he wanted Starbucks to be the third place. I think he I wasn't s- really good at math. Those are four places. Oh, school slash work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're just trying to. He's busting me, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Just trying to throw me off my game. Yep. Um. And when I first experienced that and like read that, I was like, "Why are we not doing this in the church?" We got so caught up in this idea that people have to come to church, so they they just come because they have to. We never we've lost the ability to be hospitable, and we lost the like thought that let's make this everyone's third place because they want to be here, not because they have to be here. So what can we learn from these coffee shops, the local coffee shops, Starbucks, of being but trying to be that third place? What can we learn as a church, as a church community for parishioners, you know, just your random average Joe, like you, you your random Catholic Joe, which yes. is what all your social media stuff. <clears throat> just for the the person out there, it's like how can what can they learn from coffee shops about how to be hospitable in their parishes? Don't let's the first thing to learn from the coffee shops and Starbucks and any of these good coffee shops that we go to is let's give people a good, like a point of contact to commune and be together and actually socialize and not just be a place with these generic rooms, multi-purpose rooms, like here, let's make, let's have a great Bible study in this multi-purpose room, but don't put anything on the walls because we can't punch, put holes in the walls. We can't make it look comfortable. Um, I saw a parish, um, 
actually uh, neighboring parish, they have this new center. It's like multi, like it's, and the pastor wanted it to feel like a home. And so what does he do is he has family photos, basically the church family. They have photos all over the walls to like, when you go to your house or your friend's house, what are you going to see? The family photos, like the photos of them playing, of their the class when they were in third grade, they're going to have these photos. So let's make a place that's welcoming and comfortable that that they want to be in, um, and provide like something of substance. Jesus fed people all the time, like even after he died or rose from the dead. The, like and the disciples are out fishing, and they like they see Jesus on the side, and Peter jumps out and he goes swimming. And he tells them, come eat with me. He already had a fire. He was already ready to feed the disciples. He was always willing to feed them. Like, why don't, like, and not just with day old donuts or like just donuts, like let's give them something of substance that they can come to, not just after mass, but every day. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. I like, we were talking earlier, uh, you brought one of your, uh, youth ministry assistants along and she we were sitting in the coffee shop she's like i adore this place it's absolutely tremendous and it's, we just had that feeling of it's relaxing it's a place where we can all hang out and talk uh, do whatever right so i think being able to have those conversations whether it's at church or whether it's you know doing evangelization just like by getting to know people and hanging out with people who wouldn't often wouldn't come to a church or have been burned by the church it's like okay let's just go have coffee with her or go hang out or invite them into your home, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, uh, Cynthia, who's one that you referenced, like her first experience of coming to the church was prior to me being a youth minister at the parish. And she came to me a year after that first, like, and I, she comes to talk to me and she says how she just, she went to a retreat and she just didn't, like, there was the talk was going on and she just didn't feel welcomed and they were criticizing so many different things. And our, if as a church, if our first encounter with somebody is criticizing them or their family or their friends, whether it's morally right or morally wrong, if their first encounter of us is criticizing, what does that say? Like, that's not welcoming. Our first conversation should not be about anything other than love and welcoming. Yeah, I, was, I had a, it's interesting you bring that up because I had a, uh, lunch meeting with a, a friend of mine and he was sharing about a book that he just read about how the brain works and then about how if you have a conversation with somebody and you say something that incites their emotion nothing you say rationally they're listening to they're already gone yeah. he, 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 like the the term that this book used was like their elephant was run this big elephant is the emotions mm -hmm. and then there's this little rider on top of it and the rider is rational thought yeah, and if if you say something, you incite some, somebody's emotion. The elephant runs away, and yeah. you are not talking to a person anymore. Their mind is way over there, and so you're trying to still talk rationally. Like this is the 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 actual truths that the church teaches, but they're not even listening to you anymore. Yeah. Um. So being able to approach things in a way like a coffee shop, of uh, of welcoming and 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 friendship and building that trust, mm -hmm. and then you can talk about some of the tough truths that the church yeah. teaches. Those types of things. Exactly. I mean, it's the Things that anybody that's been in the church in the recent um, days, the last couple of years, we're talking more and more about evangelization and points of evangelization. We're talking about um, how do we do this? And the first step, Sherry Wendell like talks about is uh, trust. They have to trust you. And we, she mentions in the book how people have lost trust in the church, in the priest, in the ministers, in some way or another. Like, and we have to build that trust back up. And you do that in simply simply conversating, having conversations with each other in a very open, welcoming environment that Starbucks has created, most coffee shops create, that gives them a point of rest and respite from the craziness of the world. If we're not that point of rest for them uh, that they're experiencing the rest of the world, we're not going to get them to like, accept anything else we're teaching. Right. And I, I know one of the other things that you were um, very in your passion for coffee, one of the other things that, that has um, <clears throat> come along with that passion is the social justice issues yeah. surrounding coffee. So why don't you share a little bit about that? So as you learn about coffee, you learn that there's two types of uh, coffees. Like there's the Robusta and there's the Arabica. Arabica is the type of beans that are like the really good quality that all the good coffee shops are using. Robusta Come, like it's called robusta because it's robust. It actually grows a lot easier in different climates. 
and it's a lot cheaper to grow. They can actually uh, use farming equipment to grow it and harvest the, the beans. But what that also means is that they're putting out people out of jobs. And so our Folgers coffees are like those Maxwell House, those canned coffees that are really cheap. They're cheap for a reason. Um, the good quality coffee, and doesn't, and I'm not saying that all um, the coffee shops and all Starbucks are like treating the farmer as well. But you learn very quickly that the men and women that are growing the coffee and they're harvesting it, there's a lot of effort, a lot of work that put uh, that's involved in doing that. And so when we drink our coffee, we it's not just about having good coffee; it's about having coffee that is good for the world and good for our 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 family. The, the fam. <laughs> I've worked it in finally. Atta boy. <laughs> yeah. So another thing you were talking about, not just the, um, the the types of coffee, um, and their cost, but that the robusta actually ruins the environment, doesn't it? Oh yes. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. Because robusta, um, it takes up, it grows a lot quicker. It grows in different climates. It actually, in the way that they harvest it, they, the machines going there, and instead of being picked by hand or actually being harvested and being treated that way, it's actually taking a lot of nutrients out of the ground. It's causing more pollution because of the big machines that they're using versus a lot of the good Arabica beans have to be grown on smaller lots, and they have to be grown on mountainsides, and so you can't use machines. It has to be uh, picked and harvested by hands, and that re- like one reduces carbon emissions and, and I. I don't want to sound all hippie and crazy like that, but that does affect our environment. Yeah, so I guess my question on that, because I've I've talked on the show before that I often struggle with, you know, a lot of a lot of Catholics will like protest certain businesses because they like a Walmart because mm-hmm. they support Planned Parenthood. Yeah. And I'm and I'm sitting over here like I like I started hearing that when I was in grad school and I was like, I'm a full time grad student. I'm a, I'm working full time. I just had a kid. I just got married. Like I have no money, like to be able to provide for my family. The best place to do that is to shop at Walmart because it's the cheapest, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I could see somebody hearing this. It's like, oh, I can't buy Folgers because then I'm a bad Catholic. So like, what would your response be to somebody who, okay, I can't afford this, but what what does that awareness do? What should we actually be doing? I think it's. I mean, I don't want to get into the bigger picture of like fast food versus slow food, meaning that uh, when we buy from these fast, like these things that were necessarily contributing to the destruction of the world, it's more about recognizing that our everyday decisions, simply as what coffee we're choosing, has an impact beyond ourselves. And that's really a big Catholic idea is that every action we have. Uh, that we take has a um, effect not just on us and not just those near us, but can have an effect of the, like beyond us on the world. And if we simply know this about like simply even just the coffee we drink every day, whether it's Folgers or whatever, or or if you do go to a local coffee shop and you buy their roasted coffee and you take that and you grind it and you take care of it, that like it gives us a better awareness of the world around us. Thus, like it the Catholic universal idea that we're universal, that we are together in community. Well, good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. Cause I know a lot of people often struggle with that and it kind of, sometimes it can come across as one of those things that makes people emotional and like, Oh, that's stupid. What, what they're making me buy more expensive coffee or whatever. But I think that's actually a, a great way to say that. So uh, Joseph, thanks for coming on today. If people want to get connected with you, how can they do that? Uh, social media. I'm at, uh, Twitter at the Catholic Joe, the Catholic Joe on Twitter, Instagram. I believe I am just, Catholic Joe. Well, cool. Thanks for coming on, man. This has been another great episode of Forte Catholic. Check out ForteCatholic.com for more. Say it!